0: This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get
1: real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Confident Collective Podcast. How are you doing over there, Christina? <laughs> and I
1: forgot to talk. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Well, kind of. Yeah, I know. This whole... like, I'm awesome, but this episode's about... I'm awesome, but this episode is how I'm um, having a complete breakdown. Yeah, no, it's okay. I... Um, but I am feeling okay
1: right now. Okay, good. And that makes me happy. I was a little yeah. concerned for you this week. I'm not going to lie.
0: No, I know a lot of, and I, a lot of people, you were, my friends and family were, and I was like, I almost hate that. I'm like, oh no, like, I don't like that. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. But honestly, so it was kind of a big deal for me to be like, okay, I'm not okay. Yeah. So
1: Wait, and how did that feel? Because I do feel like sometimes like I'll express like not feeling okay. And then people are like concerned or like what's happening. And then, and then it makes me almost like want to retreat what I just said. Being well, like, that is
0: how I felt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like you, it is like, uh, honestly, uh, you're like, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. And then sometimes, too, I think with us, I find it difficult because kind of, we are so intertwined in our job. Mm-hmm. I find it difficult to do my job when I'm feeling this way because I'm like, sit down to write a caption and I'm like, what the heck am I going to write? I've been just thinking about how X, Y, and Z and crying in my car. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just. Yeah. It's hard when it's, your job is like based on who you
1: are because like you don't get to take the certain days off.
0: Right. So it's a struggle. So that's why I kind of opened up on my story this week. And that's why we're doing this episode today. I, um, definitely had a f- fire in me to talk about this because it's been affecting me so much. Um, and, and we're going to have on, um, my friend, Rosie, mm-hmm. um, our friend, Rosie, we met, um, gosh, like the beginning of, of the year. She met Nico the other day. She called me after she was like, I just got to tell you, Christina (laughs) is so amazing. She's like one of those people who, when she asks about you, she, you can tell, like, she genuinely is so interested in getting to know you. That's so nice. And she's also like, sorry, I'm spilling her secrets, but she don't mind. She was like, it's so weird. I'm going to meet Nico because I already love him and
1: I don't even know him. <laughs> Wait, you know, it's on DM me the other day. He was like, can we have a
0: Nicholas meet in green? Literally, yeah. If we had a Nicholas, we, if we need more attendance at our events, we just be like, Nicholas will be there. Oh, it's so, so, so sweet. Um, but today we're going to talk about something that I've been struggling with this week. Um, and I feel like I'm making this episode all about me, which I kind of hate, I'm sorry. No, um, it's not. Um,
1: but you were the, ca- you were like the reason we brought this up this conversation up, but I think it's super important to have it because I feel like we all struggle with confidence in our bodies. And especially when it comes to male attention, something you've talked a lot about. So,
0: yeah. So I just kind of had this epiphany this week of, um, my confidence in correlation to male attention. And one person that I opened up to was our friend, Rosie after a drunken night out, she slept over and I just had this absolute breakdown and like confided in her. And I think, um, she has a really great perspective that I want our audience to hear and a way with like articulating words and how she thinks about things that I think is just, has been really powerful for me. And I wanted her to come on also as a curvy woman who's experienced these things like you and I have Christina mm-hmm. and just have this conversation. Um, Because I think it's so powerful when you are able to relate to your friends and have this like, just validation and the conversations um, and Rosie's insight that she shares. I want to share with everyone because I'm like, oh my gosh, she is, she just is a very wise person. So we're very excited to have her on today. But before we get into this very deep combo, let's do our obsessed with segment to keep it like keep it
1: fresh. Okay. Well, I'll tell you something I'm obsessed with this week is my fitness routine. I've gotten so good at it. I've gone to the gym every single, I've gone to, my goal's now been like five days a week. Damn girl. And I I think I'm obsessed with it for two reasons. One, I'm realizing more and more how much I love a routine. Mm. And I think for so long, I was like so anti-routine or like not looking down on it, but like just my, you know, me, my mind is so chaotic Mm -hmm. that like, (laughs) I, I, I thought like I didn't need a routine or like, I couldn't have a routine because I was, I'm such a chaotic person, but now I'm realizing, no, you need a routine because you are so chaotic.
0: (laughs) Wait, have you started using your calendar? I'm working on
1: that one thing at a time. Okay. 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 (laughs) Actually you want to know it's so funny. I realized I've been going to this workout class like five days a week and I have not signed up for one single class. <laughs> oh
0: my I, God, just ha- you I just, stressed me out I just, I just have
1: the <laughs> monthly membership and I just show up, which actually makes me and no one questions anything. No one says anything to me, which makes me realize like, shit, I don't, you don't have to be paying for this. Like they don't even know. And I realized it today. I think that in my mind, I just like signed up like in my head, I have it. That I'm going every single day at seven thirty. So but I you never actually up, sign up. I never actually signed up for the class. I just pay for the monthly membership. So I just whatever. But today there was actually a break in in the studio that I go <gasps> to. Oh, that's horrible. So they canceled the class, and my friend Tiana I got her to sign up with me. And she oh, texts me saying class is canceled. I guess I'm just going to go back to bed. And I called her. I was like, wait, I'm driving to class. What do you mean it's canceled? She's like, oh, they called me saying that there's a break in the studio. She's like, they didn't call you. And I was like, oh, actually, I never even signed up <laughs> <out> for it. <laughs> so that's what I realized. But I'm obsessed with it for two reasons. One, because of the routine. And two, because I realized just how much better I feel mentally when I work out. Mm. It is honestly such a game changer. It is such a game changer in my day. I have so much more energy. I feel like a sense of clarity um, and I just love it. It's also time like just for you. Yes, it is time for me. And actually that's another thing too. i we've gotten to a good routine with like Steve and Nicholas and I love having that morning time for me.
0: That's so important. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy for you that you're enjoying it. And that's, I think that's, yeah, the hardest thing is getting into like the routine. So for sure. good for you girl going five days a week. That's insane. Thanks. In a but, good way. And I feel like if you want, if you're
1: looking to get into a routine, like it doesn't have to be five days a no.
0: week.
1: Do you know what I mean? But like just even doing two days a week or setting that time, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good thing.
0: It yes. Great. Moving your body in any regard is a good thing. You don't, you can set whatever goal. Exactly. Um, what about you? What are you obsessed yeah. with? I am obsessed. So, I I I think I've talked about this on here, but I think I've used my oven in my new apartment. I've lived here for eight months. Mm-hmm. I think I've turned it on twice. Okay, but your oven is complicated. Okay, the oven is... Co- I got to actually light it with a match. It's like, okay. it's, it's like an old vintage oven. So we'll give but you some grace there. I use that as an excuse because even before that, I just have never really cooked for myself mm-hmm. because I just find it... I, I, okay. I'm, I don't know why I'm weird about leftovers, but like I'll have leftovers once. And then I'm like, okay. I don't like, like I meal prepping for the whole week. sounds like a nightmare to me because if I know I made something and put it in a container on Sunday and then I'm eating it on Friday, You're I'm like, like grossed out. Ew. Yeah. Ew. I don't know why. So I don't, I, and I just don't really have it in the past. Enjoyed cooking. I feel like cooking for one is hard. A lot of people do it. And so it definitely probably is an excuse for me, but anyway, long story short, Oh, that's something you always say that I feel like I picked up. Long story <laughs> short, as I go on and ramble on for five more minutes, I, <laughs> I have not enjoyed cooking, but my upstairs neighbor, Missy, um, she she was like, we should just start like alternating cooking. And at first I was like, I don't want to, but it, this is our first week doing it. And I, mm. this is the best decision we have ever made. Wait, I love that. I'm saving so much money. Mm-hmm. Number one, because- I don't know who, do I think I'm Kim Kardashian going to air one every day? Like, that's so crazy. That's that's bad. Yeah. I want to save money. I want to be smarter about that. And also just naturally when you're cooking at home, you're eating healthier because there's less ingredients going into it and whatever. And so I just have been feeling really good. And I've noticed like, I've been, my workouts have been better. And, um, it's just like, I will alternate making meals usually for like, we'll have it for dinner and then lunch the next day. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why have we not been doing this? Wait, I need to know some of the meals you've had. So we, the oh my gosh. I mean, the other night we did, we were like, no, we didn't really prepare. So I had a frozen Trader Joe's pizza and then we just made a big salad with it. Okay. So that was one. I did like a one pan sausage, peppers, sweet potato, onion, one pan thing the other night. Um, For lunch the other day, Missy made these this chicken nugget salad. It honestly was so delicious with this like honey mustard dressing. Yeah. It was delish. Um, and I'm actually finding that cooking in the evenings for me, it's therapeutic. Yes. I, it's so therapeutic. Like granted, I still am struggling with, if I turn my oven on, my kitchen is 1 million degrees. Mm. So that is a little bit like, okay, that's kind of annoying. So I'm going to get creative with like some crock pot things. Mm-hmm. But I like having that time where I'm just like not on my computer. I'm not on my phone. I'm not like, I'm actually liking it for the first
1: time. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, I, That's how I feel about cooking. I feel like it's a way for me to relax almost.
0: Yeah. Which, Which is, I never thought that. Yeah.
1: We, this is so interesting. Cause when I was um, living in Italy with my group of friends, we had like, I think there was like eight of us living together. So there was four different rooms. Yeah. That makes sense. And each night, like a set of roommates would take, would handle all the cooking. Okay. Yeah. And it was so great. Cause we'd all cook for each other. We'd try yes. all these different meals. Like we would all pitch in like for the groceries or whatever for that yeah. night. Um, but it's, you save so much money. Yeah. It's such a like great way to enjoy food with friends like that. I love that for you. I did mess
0: up one recipe this week. How'd you mess up? So I, I I saw this like easy weeknight dinner that was like <laughs> ricotta pasta with like roasted broccoli. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, but the ricotta, I don't know what I did. It did not get creamy. It was like chunky. It was what? like was it spoiled? No, I got it from the store that day. And I checked the expiration, but it was not turning into this creamy sauce and it just was not it. And I overcooked the noodles. So they were just like it was just like a pile of like chunky mush. Missy's was so sweet. She was like, No, it's good. I'm like, (laughs) you're lying, but it's fine. Interesting. It did not turn out. But you know what? I gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Gotta start somewhere. So wait, is there where are you finding your recipes? Is this
1: something like you're having fun researching? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to try different cuisines? Like
0: one of my favorite food bloggers which uh, I don't have many because I don't cook How Sweet Eats How Sweet Eats or something. Okay. I like her stuff. Um, I feel like Carissa probably has good recipes. Carissa, too. I want to make one of her soup. she has this lemon soup I want to make. Oh, yeah. Which Missy made a lemon soup this week. It was delicious. But I Carissa, um, Brock, your body. Mm-hmm. She has some great recipes. Uh, Liz Moody, who we've had on the podcast too. Yeah. Uh, has some great recipes. Um, but yeah, if you have any recommendations, let me know because I'm new to this food world. Where do you get your recipes that you make all the time? Um gosh, kind of like where I I, I do
1: I will say I have like a general like, I think I'm good at just experimenting with what I have in cooking. Like, I feel oh, like yeah. I just know certain things are, I can cook them. Do you know you what can I mean? just
0: See, you're just one of those people who kind of like whip something up. I can kind of whip something up. Oh, I see. I can't um, wait to
1: get to that point. I can kind of just whip something up. But I have been experimenting with a lot of new recipes from this book called Solid Starts, which is for kids, for baby-led eating, yeah. because I'm just trying to cook for Nicholas. So like, I want to cook food that he'll eat too. And what I really like about their stuff is... um it's like all real meals. It's not like baby food. Do you know what I mean? Um, but they're like age appropriate so he could eat. So I've been cooking a lot of meals from that or like getting an idea and then kind of doing my own thing. Like I feel like, Oh, Turkey meatballs. Oh, that's a good idea. And then like, I won't follow the recipe. I'll just follow the time and how long you need to cook for? And then kind of throw in my own ingredients
0: Whoa, that's so impressive. I got to follow the recipe to a T. I'm like, I don't know what this
1: means. I can't. And honestly, now that I say it's actually so annoying because I hate when my mom does this shit and I'm becoming (laughs) her, but my mom would be like, i be like, mom, how do you make moussaka or whatever? She'd be like, I don't know. Like, just like, you know, like a little bit of the milk, a little bit of that. And you're like, how, oh. but so, yeah, you kind of, just, you'll get, you'll get to that point though, where you just yeah. throw stuff in. I'm excited for this journey for you. I think it's going to be really great. I'm excited too. And do you guys
0: like cook together? No, we alternate and like, what's the good to And you'll just like bring it up or she'll come down. Yeah. Sometimes we'll eat together. But if I'm like a girl, I just want to like zone out tonight and like watch a show or whatever. I'll just like give it to her or I'm like, okay that's perfect yeah so it's it's a good little it's like having she's kind of like my roommate but I don't have a roommate (laughs) you know what I mean Perfect for you yeah it's perfect so I'm very excited about that but well I love that all right well should we get into today's episode let's do it okay So Rosie, we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. How do you feel? Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. I'm a little nervous, but I'm good.
1: Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to listen to your voice afterwards because I just feel like you have the most
2: beautiful accent ever. Um, Oh, it's going to be so good. On the way here, I was like, this is the equivalent of when we used to leave voicemails on our answering machines when we were growing up and then you would hear your own
0: voice and just be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to come out, but um, Mm. no, you're going to sound amazing. And these microphones make you sound sexier, I think. I was kind of thinking that just before hearing (laughs) you both. I was like, wait, what? Oh my gosh. Well, we are so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And if it makes you feel better, I feel a bit nervous too because... I haven't been able to speak about this without crying recently, which, Oh my God, I'm tearing up. I don't, this is obvious. And this is why I wanted to do, I like literally called Christina in like, at like 11 PM earlier this week. I was like, can I call you? And I'm like, Oh my God, that <laughs> sounded so urgent. This can wait until the morning. Cause I've just been feeling like we need to have this conversation while I'm feeling like in a bit of a, a little bit of a mental breakdown. Um, so to give you some background, so this all makes sense. I've kind of shared last week on, My Instagram story that I had, I I did use the term meltdown. Mm -hmm. Um just realizing how much emphasis I put on the attention I get from men and seeing how that like directly correlates to my confidence and how I feel specifically about my body. And I think it's it comes out with the body image stuff because that's obviously something I've really had to work on feeling confident with. Um, and what kind of like spurred this on was like And I think a lot of curvy girls and Christina, we talked about this, Rosie, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this is like, I've been out a lot in the last year in social settings, like bars against my will clubs. I never need to go to a club again, (laughs) ever. but like, I feel like I'm seeing this pattern of just like my skinnier friends being approached and being overlooked. And I know Rosie, you've open up to me about yeah. a similar experience when we were in San Diego and when, <laughs> crying in the street being like, man, I think I'm a ghost. <laughs> no, but I would love for you to like kind of share that a little bit because it it was kind of like when you told me that I was like, oh my God, I'm not the only one like f- feeling this. Well it's funny because I I mean we were all together in San Diego
2: on one of the nights and I had the best time and I just wanted to hang out with my girls. And then we went out a second night and then you know, as you do, you go out with this sort of hope when you're single to like meet guys. And not that that's always the end game, but I think when you're actively dating, it can be an intention at the forefront. And, you know, yet again, and this had happened a couple of times prior, like Ran and I and a few other friends, we've been going out and trying to have fun. And a part of that is engaging with men. And it was just this night, right? We were in a room and I just felt like no one could see me. And it's crazy because, I've felt this before, but it hasn't really been until this last period of time where I've been sort of had this confirmation because I'm out with another friend who I relate to physically. You know, we have different bodies, but we're both of a curvier disposition. And in the past, I've always sort of made excuses as to why maybe I wasn't having success. Oh, I wasn't confident enough, or maybe something I did was signaling to men that I was unapproachable, even when I'm like in the middle of the room, cracking jokes, trying to have conversation, like you know, staring a hole through someone. And then I, I was able to step outside of myself that night because I was looking at Rayanne, and I was like, "Well, she's confident as hell." Like,
1: and were guys approaching you that night?
0: Honestly, I'll be honest. I was high out of my mind that night, and I was. It was. It was. Um. I, I don't really. It's kind of sadly, it's kind of become a pattern where no, I mean, no. No, <laughs> the show I go up to, was... I go up to guys and literally, actually that was one night where I went up to a guy and literally he wanted nothing to do with me. And I went back and I had to ask him, I was like, were you just, did I make you nervous or did you just want nothing to do with me? I straight up asked him that. Um, well, that was actually a funny part of the night. When
2: <laughs> she after being rejected, did like a drive by
0: inquisition and was like, why don't you like me? Literally. So no, I was <laughs> but, straight up denied. And but no you still
1: saw her as someone who was like having so much fun and feeling confident.
2: Yeah. But yet not really attaining one of the things that you're looking for, which Mm -hmm. is whether or not, you know, obviously everyone has a different idea of what you want from a night out. Some people want to go out and just have that interaction or they want to make guy friends with their friends, friends or whatever it is. Some people want to pull, they want to date, they want to hook up, whatever it is. But I think we both, well, very clearly as we marched home from the 7-Eleven without like bottles of water, went home pretty empty handed, you know, and it was not just in the physical sense, but there were no meaningful interactions that one night. And that was kind of like the peak moment where that had happened so many times recently. And I had this sort of case study friend next to me in the same boat. And I was like, well, fuck, it's not just me. Like this is happening. And, you know, I've had conversations with other people before, but you can kind of always come up with a way to reduce that down and, Mm -hmm. oh, well, maybe this, or maybe that. And, and like, even in a different sense with us talking about dating that like you always kind of come up with some sort of plan rather than sitting with the disappointment or sitting with the difficulty of the experience. We're like, okay, so what I'm going to do different next time or what I'm going right. to try to change about myself or my approach or whatever it is. And I think I was just so, well, that weekend as well, I was kind of fatigued with mm-hmm. dating. And I just like had a moment of throwing my toys and you were so great, by the way, you just like, listen to me, held space, let me fully on your birthday weekend. I'm so sorry. Like just had that moment. And I, yeah. So that was one kind of pinnacle moment for me. And I know you've kind of been having a little bit of that same. Yeah. So did you kind of have like
1: that sort of moment this week or like what happened that made you have this like, insane and self reflection and like what you're calling you said it not us i mean a mental, uh, breakdown.
0: No. <laughs> mental <laughs> breakdown yeah i think it was it was similar to that where i honestly it's been a few things with just like online dating getting unmatched like that's a very normal thing unfortunately it happens and then it was like we were out this night and like again like i rosie and i were like the life of the party and like whatever um uh, this guy was like, Oh my God, you guys are so cool. You're so funny, whatever. And then goes for like the skinny girl. And it, it and it just is like, and again, it is, it's like, okay, it comes back to like what what, what we talk about with Steve. It's like, you gotta, it's, you know, it's the energy. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And I completely get like, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. We all know that but it's like a pattern you see. So it was but like, to feel like you're no one's cup of tea. Like that doesn't right. feel fucking good. And so it's like, <laughs> amen. It, right. Yeah. Amen. So it's just like been this pattern I've been seeing and like, and I'm like, okay, okay. Like what's going on here. And I know like Christina, like you obviously are married, whatever, but mm-hmm. have you like experienced this like in your relationship or outside of your relationship just with this like weird I mean, and I, this is honestly like oh, I hate to admit it that like I care so much about the male attention. That's kind of something I'm I'm like like trying to work through. And like, that's why I'm nervous about this episode. Cause I'm kind of like ashamed to be like, I do put this much emphasis on the male attention, but how, do, how has that been for you and like your scenario and your situation, or even before you met Steve? Well, I think that no matter
1: what, like if you are attracted to someone of the opposite sex, or so like for us males or like someone of the same sex, whoever you're attracted to, like no matter what, like you want that validation, you want that admiration. Mm-hmm. I, I think anyone who says that they don't want that. Is like lying at some point because yeah. y- you love being admired. Um, when I was single, that's something that like, for me, like I always just felt like the big, oaf, like, you know what I mean? Like the ugly fat friend, like, or the, the, the guy, the girl that every guy wanted to hang out with, but no one wanted to date. You know what I mean? So like, I always remember feeling that way. And now that I'm in a relationship and married, I, I will say that like for me still like, when I used to work at Nordstrom, even like I worked in, on the men's department and I loved working in the men's department because it was constant. Interaction. Constant interaction. Mm -hmm. I would love when, like, if someone would ask me on a date, even though I had a boyfriend. But Mm -hmm. it's that
2: energetic exchange as well. You're getting to operate in your feminine, they're getting to operate in their masculine, if that's like how they're vibing. Absolutely.
1: and And I know all of my friends who are like married or in relationships, like when they go out, they still want to be approached. Even if nothing happens, it still feels good to be approached.
2: And I think the hard thing as well is like you were saying about like the vulnerability of needing the validation, but I wonder sometimes if that's a little bit of conditioning for us as women that somehow we're expected to really want male attention, but not at all find validation about it. And that, what, 50% of our experience with the opposite sex? Human beings. You don't want every guy in the street to take you home. You want to be (laughs) visible to every human that you interact with. And when you are so driven and connected with your female relationships, and then you're getting white noise from the men. That's confronting. And I don't think it's a drawback about you as a woman to want to feel seen and recognized. No, I just don't think it is. I mean, I think, but I get it. I've been conditioned to feel like I shouldn't need it. I shouldn't need it. Wait, Why? wait, this is super, super interesting that you said we've been conditioned to feel
1: like that because I was just talking to one of my best friends about this and she was like, when I was growing up, I remember being 12, 13 and she's Brazilian and being on vacation in Brazil and being like embarrassed to go to the beach because like I always felt like my legs were too big and hearing my mom and my aunts, my cousin be like, oh no, don't worry, men love that or guys love thick thighs. Mm. And like just that narrative of no, don't be insecure about that because men like it. Totally. Yeah. As opposed to like, no, you're beautiful. Like your legs are strong and like get you from point A to point B and you mm-hmm. should be thankful for them. It was like that narrative of like, you should appreciate your body because men like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and you are conditioned to feel like a
0: that. A thousand percent we are. Yeah. And they say like, it's a man's world and it is like, so, and I'm feel like I'm realizing that more and more, but just by like how much like. I've been thinking about this stuff. It's like, you know, we used to dress for the male gays and now like so many of us did. We're like, okay, what can I wear? You know what I mean? Like whatever. And I do, I get frustrated with myself sometimes when I'm like, why am I approaching so many aspects of my life? And I think it is because I'm single and in this season, but thinking about what men would think of me.
1: Wait, but I feel like you're holding back because I'm still like a little bit confused as to like what exactly happened. Like, is it is it just like a culmination of like, like what it's you a combination said or of things, like, and to be something honest, specific happened besides like that I mean, night.
0: Yeah, it's a combination of things, and I think I want to be sensitive to here talking about. We all have skinny friends, yeah, and I don't want to say anything or frame anything that will make them feel like guys are only approaching them because they're skinny. So I'm, I, I feel like I'm teetering because I don't ever want to make my friends who are in smaller bodies be like. I think my my skinny friends are fucking stunning, smart, successful but it's like, it does boil down sometimes when you've experienced this for years. But I think that's a critical, sorry to interrupt you. I think that's a critical part of the conversation because we stray
2: away from speaking up about how we we feel because we are women's women and we want to protect our friends. And we don't want somehow our experience to take away from the validity of the success that they're having in dating and with men. But if On the arc, every time you're having this experience, why shouldn't we be able to tactfully and gently speak to our friends about what we're going through? Because Mm -hmm. I've strayed away from that out of want to protect my friends. But at, at what point are you just putting yourself on the shelf? Because it is affecting you, it's affected me. I'm sure a ton of other women have experienced this,
0: yeah. And I think like. So basically to, we've kind of been in this weird, this summer, hot girl summer, you know, this is the first summer I've ever been single. Mm -hmm. So I'm going out a lot and I'm going out with uh, friends who are curvy and friends who are skinny and time after time, after time, who gets approached the skinny friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm not,
1: I just, wait real quick. When you go out with your friends that are like curvy, do you feel like none of you get approached?
2: You've hit the nail on the head. I've been thinking a lot about this, and because you have, you have a lot of success with dating apps. Not that you've ultimately found your person, but many engage with you. You You go out on dates with people that are attracted to your physicality, and you're attracted to theirs, whatever that might be. And in a one-on-one setting, you have a really amazing dating life. Now, results aside, like you are having success; people are engaging with Mm -hmm. you. But I think that when women come together, it becomes, there becomes a hierarchy of bodies. And so what happens is if you are in a group of all bigger women and men approach, there's no one primal prize. There's no like, okay, as men, just like women, by the way, they are disadvantaged yeah. a lot by this culture. Mm-hmm. They, are framed with this idea that like skinny is best or thin Just is best. as we are totally. And so they go after that. Whereas like, if there isn't that option, I think that they're more inclined to engage with what's in front of them. Not every time, but I think the group dynamic perpetuates the fat phobia because there's a, some point of reference of other bodies. Right. But that means like the fat phobia within ourselves, that's
1: as totally. well. Yeah. Because like, I guess what I'm wondering is like, do you, do you, so with that, do you feel like you're more successful when you go out with curvier friends or with bigger friends than you do when
0: there's like a skinny friend with you too? I guess it's hard to say. Cause I very, very rarely go out with just friends who are all in like one. That have similar body type. body type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, with the apps, it is like I think it's like all of these things culminated together and I've just noticed like my confidence, like when no one is matching me, let's say that, like Mm -hmm. I notice how much it affects my confidence. If no men are talking to me, how I feel about my body. And I think it just, I, I just saw this like connection And this one example of like the being out in social settings kind of like ignited it. And then I've like kind of seen like, okay, if I'm talking to a guy and he's like interested in me, like the confidence I have in my body is like, but like, let's say a guy unmatches me like the other week, the other day, this, the same weekend, this was kind of like all culminated. I was like, number one. When you're on the apps, it's rare for me to actually swipe right and also be like excited and not kind of have to like talk myself into going on a date where I'm like, oh my gosh, like the conversation is great. Like this guy has a good job. Like I find him attractive, like all of these things. And then basically we were like planning a date and I was like, yeah, like let's chat tomorrow. I'm going to go to bed. And he had unmatched me in the morning when I woke up. For no reason. So this is the thing is I will never know the reason, but automatically... It goes to, he looked at my Instagram and like saw more photos of me and thinks I'm fat. Okay, so that's like, so that is a really, that's really interesting. That's where your brain goes. That's where it goes. And so I'm in this place where I'm trying to figure out why my, and I think it is because honestly, men have probably different scenarios. Wait, hold on real quick. I just want to like dial back
1: for a second. Yeah. So like they're able to see your Instagram or you give them their, your Instagram. Like, no. how does that work? Because like, I know Instagram's not connected. So like, do you either give them your full
0: name or like, how did that? My act? full name, well, my last name isn't on the app, but if you look up Rayanna, everything comes up. Okay,
1: but you don't know that they actually do no, this. I don't so know. you are literally just spiraling.
0: I'm Because creating, this person could like have undepin- a girlfriend
1: who all of a sudden just realized he's like on the app. True. And it was like, oh my gosh, I need to unmatch and like delete this.
0: Yeah, so in that scenario, I have created this a whole false narrative. narrative out of my insecurity. And what's, okay, so what's
1: interesting to me is like, Like, so say, say this is true. So maybe he did Google you and your name comes up and he's like, wait a minute, the photos match. This is like the same person. Your first instinct. And I guess it seems like only instinct is that he doesn't like my body versus like, or like, oh, maybe like he doesn't like my job or he doesn't think I'm pretty or like he doesn't like the way I dress or like he doesn't like I do Instagram. Like that,
0: the the one thing that you think of is he thinks I'm too big. I mean, to be honest, a lot of times I do get self conscious about my career too with dating, which is fucking stupid because because um, you're a fucking exactly boss as an entrepreneur. Like. And, and but I and and I think that's why like I wanted to have this conversation because like a year ago when it I was literally like everyone's in love with me. I couldn't leave the house. I literally thought every man was in love with me. Like joking about it. <laughs> yeah. But now and this is why I think it's like especially when it comes to competence in all aspects. But with our bodies, like it ebbs and flows. And I think because of the scenarios where I'm. Seeing this like me, fat friend versus a skinny friend, those scenarios are bleeding into my other aspects with men, and that's where it's coming back to my body. Well, they're creating a, right. a, a, a foundation that. for yeah. that
2: spiraling, whether it is true or not. Like you say, we're never gonna know the perspective that of that person who unmatched. But when you're having that dual experience and on a Friday night with your girlfriends in a bar. You're not even being considered. And then, you know, on a yeah. Saturday on Hinge or whatever it yeah. is, you're getting dismissed. It's, it's like so confirming easy those for thoughts. those things to become enmeshed. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But okay. But we were just in New York a couple of weeks ago and literally you couldn't like step out of the hotel room without getting approached or hollered at for being fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like- We were taking the city by storm. yeah. Yeah. So like, how does like, cause I know you were feeling yourself and feeling amazing then. Do you know what I mean? So do you feel like it's hard for you to like dial back and be like, wait, okay. I know I just had, these are true. Like these things are happening to me. Guys are unmatching me. I'm not getting approached. But at the same time, like other people are validating me and, you know, hyping me up at the same time. But do you feel like when you're, you're not able to like, like a, a see both of those situations as truth or like uh, only able to experience one at a time.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, when you have a hundred, someone say a hundred nice things about yeah, you. And you focus on and the one bad thing. And so, then someone says one thing. I think that's just a bit of like human nature to think about that. It feels yeah. like it holds a different weight. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah. And I think too, I think also I will be vulnerable about this because I'm, I, a lot of Christina, you're married Rosie newly has a new man in her life. And it's just weird. All of my closest friends now are in relationships. And to be honest, I was having a bit of a pity party. I'm like, yeah, loneliness for me has always been a trigger, especially with men. I was in a relationship, but did everything alone because he was not very present. And so it is just like, I think it, like I said, it's been a culmination of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy for my friends who are in these incredible like relationships are going into new things. But again, I am alone and I'm like, it's hard to admit to myself. And again, I think I, it, it's just been testing my confidence and maybe that shows that I have confidence in the fact that I am successful and I do think I'm smart and the body image area is the, where I'm struggling. Right. Cause right. it's coming back to that. Cause that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you are able to acknowledge like that you are super
1: successful and like smart and like beautiful, but it, yeah, that's, it, it is. Well, I mean, I think that goes to show that like the body image, like is something that just that confidence is a journey that has to be worked on consistently.
2: Yeah. But, but it raises a good question that I think as women, especially in like the body positivity consciousness, we're doing a lot of heavy lifting that it feels like our male counterparts maybe aren't. And I know that's a real big generalization, but I was thinking a lot about it, you, you know, that night where you had your kind of moment of being like, wait, what, why am I not as visible right now? than my friend next to me, you had, and I felt this as well, like you had put your best foot forward. You were so funny. You were engaging in intellectual conversation. You were really letting yourself be seen by this person. And, and I'm probably projecting a little bit of my experiences here too, but it's very confronting, I think, even when you know everything like what you just talked about, that you can be confident and that you're having success in other areas and it's about doing the work. But as a human being, to realize that somehow your body is always going to be more of a loud voice to the men around you than your actual inner humanity. Like that, that makes Mm -hmm. me want to cry because it somehow says that no matter what we do in relation to male relationships, that until we conform in this way, the other stuff, what is it working double time? Is it not valid? Is it not important? You know, and I just, our bodies as women have been so commodified that men have just been taught to try and attain them. And and these aren't unaware men, like, you know, the the night in question, super smart, funny, switched on guy. And even in light of that, you know, and I know this is one example and you can't be so specific. There's a general idea going on here, but I just, I think some of what, and tell me, Rand, if this is correct or not, some of what it feels like you might be experiencing, it's less of a question to be solved and more of a pain to be felt. Like in that moment, Mm -hmm. it was painful to feel looked over. And in my moments where I've experienced this, it's painful. And I think it threads into the pains of the past. You know, we were talking about it, like this experience doesn't just exist in your, you know, twenties or thirties. It for some women who have encountered this, it goes way back. It goes back to being, you know, having the crush, the same crush as your best friend in school when you're little. And And them getting chosen. And them getting chosen. It goes, I was joking with Rayanne, like it goes back to me, in New Zealand we call it a a school ball, but you know, prom, (laughs) you know, like my best guy friend who I was like, would write little songs with and hang out with every day and had such a wild crush on. At the ripe old age of, you know, 15, not even allowing myself to think of him asking me out to it because I already was so ingrained with this idea that you won't be picked above the other girl. And guess what? I wasn't. And I have that like hilarious, awkward photo of him, his date, and me stood together. And, you know, you (laughs) just like, I don't know, why did I keep it? But like, There are, and I don't know, Christina, like you might have some of these experiences from being younger and ran, you might, but that when we sit in that moment as the smart, powerful woman, we are, we can reconcile what's happening. We can create an approach to deal with it. But what speaks to that pain that as women, we've just kind of had to swallow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So
1: I have so many thoughts on this one. And I, now I understand what you're talking about, like about wanting to be sensitive to the skinny friends, because here are my questions about this night specifically, right? Obviously, your other friend was approached, right? about you felt like overlooked, right? But was your other friend not part of the conversation as well, too? Like, do we know that she was only chosen because or like because I feel like we're we're saying this narrative that you're overlooked because you're bigger. And I don't, and I like, that might not be the truth. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe this person was showing their personality too. Like maybe like they were, I I don't know. That's why I feel like I need more
2: context of the story. You know what I mean? But I think, and the context of the story is relative, but I think for me at least, and I know we've had a little bit of this dialogue that one scenario can always be explained right. to the situation, the circumstance, the preference of the man, right? Because the man's still allowed to have a preference for exactly, what, what he's attracted to. But I think the discussion that I've been having with myself and a little bit with you, Ray, and is that there is a balance that it feels that it has been tipped against women of a certain body type from being preferential, which yeah. everyone is allowed to have, into a pattern, yeah, And I think that we can zoom out, you know, we're intelligent enough women to be able to zoom out from what's in front of us, but the pattern remains. And that experience, you know, how many losses of rite of passage experience with men have we not had because we've not even been considered. And, you know, I, I I've spoken to other friends, you know, even my, some of my family, my sisters, and and they're all like echoing this feeling. And I think, one of the hardest parts about that feeling is that we have just come to accept it. And when you are dealing with it ongoingly, it actually does kind of break you down. (laughs) Like,
0: you know, whether it's the mental breakdown of the week or whatever, like, and and to be honest, I don't want to like get hung up. I was like using this specific night as an example. That was kind of like the catalyst of a lot of things that have happened. Honestly, for my entire life, the first time I told a boy, I liked him, I was in sixth grade. I said, trace Jess up. Trace, Jesse, if you listen to this podcast, I said, <laughs> I like you. And he goes, how much do you weigh? It is yeah, like, that, it's like, yeah. And the thing too is I think there is something to say about the energy you're putting out and exuding a confidence, but I have to give myself credit here. And I will say like this year dating, I have stayed like fucking resilient Mm -hmm. through putting myself out there
2: to have confidence when for their entire formative years they get told no and they get the door slung at them Mm -hmm. like that you know like your confidence i would i would be honest i don't think i have nearly your level of confidence when i walk into a room i try to be very confident i feel good about who i am but you you girls bring a whole other level it's why i love you but you, you know i I don't know how women, again, another impossible task are expected to cultivate this confidence when their experiences don't align with that. So not only are we discredited, not only are we at times completely put, you know, on the back burner, we're then asked to have this outrageous confidence just to have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe in women being confident. Absolutely. But only if that's authentic to their experience and only if that's exactly how they feel and I've got to be honest, there have been times where I
0: haven't felt mm-hmm. confidence because confidence based on what experience is. And I think too, like not to say like I have had, I think there are men are out there who have found me attractive and have found my body attractive. And like there are, there are a hundred percent, but do I think it is more difficult to date as a curvy woman? I do. And I, especially if you add in being tall, I do think it adds something that's, well, let alone difficult. the barriers that we don't face.
2: Right. Like as
0: white women, like right. let alone, you know, so exactly so, so every single woman has something. And I think, too, like I also had another epiphany with with my self-worth with dating. Guess what? I've been going after what society will deem as very attractive, fit men, because I want to prove and this was like a really hard thing that I, I came to. I feel like if I am with a man who is societally attractive and add on having like a, a ripped body or amazing body, that proves to society that, hey, look, I actually am attractive to society and to myself. But that's your own internalized fat phobia. Yeah,
2: it is. Wait, and that's, that's you having, like buying into misogyny. It is. And and, I, and I, I do it too. Like we all have that. We have it when our girlfriend and- even as a curvy woman, I've done this to my girlfriends and I'm sorry to all of you who I have that have come to me and have expressed an experience about what it's like to live in their body. And I've said, no, you look great. Or you're not fat. Why do we need to tell the women around us that they're a not having the experience that they're coming to us to share and be that they are or aren't something mm-hmm. because, because we also, as women, Unfortunately, were brought up in an environment where we were sort of forced to drink that Kool Aid of fat phobia. Even as curvy women, we have to dismantle our own fat phobia, and that's hard. And somehow, we maybe not as much so, but we keep those like stilts up, and we perpetuate it in ways that I think, you know, are, are worth looking at. Well, it's super interesting as someone who
0: I guess is with. You're with someone who societally is like people would, str- he's like at the p- a pinnacle. <laughs> Did you hear that, Steve? She said he's at a pinnacle. Is. Okay, being like a bodybuilder. Like, <laughs>
1: Luckily, he never listens to this podcast because he would sorry. not be able to get through the fucking door. <laughs> His um, head
0: would be too big. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, I no. take it back, Steve. I take it back. No, but as like, okay, obviously, like, Steve is tall. I think he's a good looking guy. He's like a muscular guy. So, like, fine, like, he has those things that you were saying. But it's super interesting because there was a period of time where literally I felt like his fat wife. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, I felt this way one, because I think people were literally asking if I was pregnant when I wasn't, this was like years ago. So I was like, oh my gosh. And two, because of what Steve does, because he is a trainer and helps and was a bodybuilder. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm embarrassing to him. I'm embarrassing to him and to all of his clients who are like, wait a minute, you're helping me get into sick shape. You're in sick shape, but your wife is fat. Like, how does that make any sense? Do you know what I mean? And then also like all of like
0: and my family's fucked up when it comes to weight,
1: but, um,
0: have you talked to, have you had conversations with Steve about that? About what? Like you feeling like just his fat wife.
1: Um, well, so here's the thing, right? Like it's weird because I felt like other people were thinking that.
2: Okay. Okay. But mm. I didn't feel that yourself. I
1: didn't feel that myself because I feel like my husband's fucking lucky to have me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm lucky to have him too, but I, I don't think that ever got to me. I think if anything, I just got mad at other people,
2: but it didn't bring I kind bring... of love that. The, like the, 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 righteous anger of like, yeah. oh, no, you think it because I do not think it. Yeah. I don't actually
1: think it like really let me, uh, I don't think it affected my self-esteem. I think I just get angry. Mm. which Ms. probably I should talk to my therapist about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it in my notes right now. Put actually, your therapy Write notes. that down. <laughs> I'm going to write that down because actually I just had a conversation with Steve about this. I was like, I need to work on my fucking, like I get really sensitive. Um, mm. But I'm actually like literally writing it down in my notes, therapy. Oh my God. Um, No, but I don't think that bothered me, but it does bother me because I do know that is, there is a societal
0: standard. Cause even like, and I don't want to share that something that's not mine, but there was a viral TikTok of you and Steve. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And like literally that's like a perfect example. Like it was you and Steve and they were doing this like little change thing and how many comments did you get where it was like what was that guy what is that guy doing with her yeah so many comments but
2: it's outrageous and i i feel like
1: Oh, wait, hold on real quick. And I do think the reason why it doesn't make me so insecure is because I know that Steve respects and appreciates me and wants yeah. to be with me. And I don't have to worry about, I think that if I was insecure in our relationship, It might come out. It might come out more. If I was like, oh, I see him looking at other girls or I see. And, and like, I think that's that a support that
2: you get, that you can kind of lean into that yeah. when you are single and dating, you're not getting that. Totally, and the vulnerability is higher. And yeah. I think that's a it good can point. Kind of, compound things. So it's not that you don't experience it in a relationship, but you have a little bit more support.
1: Yeah. But I do now that I like think about it more and more and more, I definitely felt like that so much. And I don't, I think it was a hybrid of other people asking Steve if I was pregnant or congratulating him on me being pregnant when I wasn't. And I do think it was a lot of family pressure and people saying things to like steve about like oh christina needs to lose weight or like stuff like that
0: mm-hmm. that, is outrageous. that, that, that is outrageous yeah
1: i mean it's fine because but it's not really fine i think no. it's okay to be
0: like yeah it fucking sucked
1: yeah yeah well but at the same time like i, I feel like i've done a good job of not letting that affect my confidence i just look yeah. down on people
0: who say <laughs> things like that? Which I admire that Christina, because <laughs> I, I, I I'm literally having oh, a meltdown in my car, crying, and Christina's like, "Fuck you guys!" Like I admire that, and that's why I'm so thankful for like you and your friendship because you are you are a role model, and it's like, I think that honestly, that's I well, think it's just rare a refreshing. And I don't know, maybe maybe
2: that's like maybe I might I probably have other issues though. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, but. And I think it's personality driven. Everyone's experience of relationships is going to come out different depending on your personality. Like I'm much more of a person to like sit in it. You know, like I need to grieve it before I can even think about trying to solve it. And actually in this topic, I think there's probably more need for validation, reflection, maybe a bit of grief and not having the people around you trying to solve it for you or change it, but just sit with you in this space. Because at the end of the day, you know, what you need to do to feel good about yourself and to, to move forward. Like you're both those women who are always, you know, pushing and growing and evolving and challenging. But I think this, it seems right. Like as your friend, like this space has been a lot about just giving you room to acknowledge and to reconcile. I don't know that you need your people to fix this for you.
0: Yeah. And I think too, like, I just wanted to have this like conversation cause it is so when, you know, when like you're thinking something and you feel like you're the only one and then you finally open up to your friend and they're like me too. And you're like, yeah. Oh my God, there doesn't need to be an answer, but I just think there is power too. and like, I know a lot of our audience is dating and is single and, uh, and going through this, w- this time. And I think just like having someone just be like, I feel that too, is like, it's just comforting and and, and it's powerful. Yeah,
2: exactly. Which is ironic. You're not going to get the validation from the men, but you sure as shit will get the negative experience validation from your girlfriends, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's, if that's the value you can take in this season, then grab it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I think that the main thing is, I think it's okay to sit in your feelings and, and acknowledge them, but not let them affect you to the point where you stop trying because I am so proud. Like, I feel like you put yourself out there and like, that is something that you should be proud of. That is something that you should continue to do. And don't let like some, some rejection here or there ever stop you. You know what I mean? I think you have to like really lean forward with the areas in your life where you feel so confident and channel that energy into like dating Mm -hmm. and into your body confidence as well.
0: Yeah, and I think it's like, yeah, you can't sit and wallow in the in this forever. But I too think sometimes I've been guilty of like just fuck just just, just pushing through. And I think for me, this is a kind of the first time where I've just kind of let myself sit here for a few days and be really upset and be angry and like be be I I've just really let myself be upset and like cry because I can't control it. I'm actually very surprised. I haven't cried in this episode. I must be cried out. But and, and I will say, yeah, I don't want to, I will never, it's not in my nature to become like a cynical person and be like, I'm fucking done with men. I hate men because I don't think that's the answer, mm-hmm. but I do think that it's recognizing, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Let me address this core of it. So I'm doing like this workshop. I'm yeah. What doing, is this workshop that you're doing? So it's to be magnetic by Lacey Phillips. It's um like this one is, she's all about like neuro manifestation, but she has these two courses that are unblocked child and unblocked love. And basically reframing all of these, um, basically false narratives we have created in our mind, um, essentially between the ages of like zero to 14, that is like holding us back. That is, it's our limiting beliefs. So I have so many with men, especially, I, I think that as I continue dating and meeting men, like it's not just all of them. It's on me to figure out too, what, what, what's going on with me and why do I believe that men don't like me because they think I'm fat and like working through that and reframing that. So I actually believe it and can go and have a more positive experience with men. So I think it's like, and, and I do think so too, with dating too, it's okay to take breaks. It's the online dating scape is it, it, I think it's okay to say that it can be exhausting. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy (laughs) in a way, in a way that I think (laughs) dating has never, I think that the apps have created an incredible space to meet people, but it has also created a space where you're so easily dismissed and people aren't respecting each other's time. And I do think it's good to take a break. So I think it's like, don't wallow in it, do what you need to do. So you can come back and, and approach it from a a positive mindset and feel good about it. But you got to do maybe step back and figure your shit out before you can do that. And that's okay. Yeah. And I
2: think the apps can be a little, triggering for women cuz you know if we're identifying that our bodies have been so commodified and that in this example of curvy bodies being overlooked versus skinny bodies that our humanity isn't really pierced through that then like what better example than a dating app that <laughs> you are self commodifying yourself down to a, a, couple a few of images a couple images few cues you know it is a little bit of a parallel and i think I mean, look, that being said, I used all of them and they are a tool and there's good there too. But I think it's interesting to me, the similarities, um, between the two. Wait, I need to ask you
1: this real quick, because this is something that Steve and I talk a lot about, um, because he hates the way I dress sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) but women love the way I dress. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my friends about this and a lot of times, like you dress up for your friends, you dress up for yourself, right? Mm. Which is really, really interesting because I don't, like if, if you talk to a guy on like what he likes on a girl, he'll be like a pair of skinny jeans and like a white t-shirt. Do you know what I mean? No, Seth, not they did, anymore. They did not get the memo
0: that skinny jeans aren't cool. <laughs> right.
1: But I'm just saying yeah. like, it's interesting because you you want, like you don't care enough. Like you're not dressing for men. Do you know what I mean? You're dressing for yourself. Um, but like, I, I'm just really interested to know like how that would change. Like could we do a social experiment on if I dress for the well,
0: male gaze? No, I don't think
1: you should dress for the male gaze, but I, I just like wonder what happens. Do you know what I mean? Like I wonder how that shift is. Or if like people who are getting male attention are dressing for the male gaze. I, I think that, I think there's like some validity in that. I think that like a lot of people when they're going out, like looking for guys are dressing up to like court men.
2: So are you saying that if you don't do that, potentially there might be more success? No, I'm just saying like, I'm saying like, okay, you want to
1: attract men. Right. But you're also like, you don't care. Like you want to attract men being yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do wonder if people who are consistently attracting men in a certain,
0: if they're doing all these, I don't know, I'm not phrasing it correctly. I think it's like, you're like dressing in a way that is like, okay, like for example, the pants that Steve hates that you always wear, balloon pants. He fucking hates those pants. <laughs> I honestly think, I honestly
1: think Steve would have never come up to me literally. the night we met if he I was wearing those pants.
0: Because in I these, literally,
1: I promise you, yeah, I know he wouldn't approach me in See, that night in those pants. I know it. <laughs> and I know that like that might be fucked up, but when you're, when you only have like, when you're just passing someone in a bar, right? And you're, you're just, you're seeing like a visual attraction to them. And you're wearing something that they hate or they can't even see your body. And like, unfortunately, they are attracted to bodies just as we are. Just as you said, you want like a tall, muscular guy. You know what I mean? I do think there is like, I think it's fucked up. See, that's why I know I know Steve would have never fucking approached me if if I was wearing my balloon pants.
2: But I also know that you could be dressing for yourself, which is at times quite like beautiful and sexy your style naturally. And you could be stood next to the size two or four whatever girl in the hoodie and the sweatpants. And he's going to be like, hey, homegirl. Like, it, 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 I think that's true. I think, Do you know what a I mean? Like, I think that. that also happens because yeah. they're like, there's this idea that somehow like, you know, you see guys talking about it online that if, you know, oh, let's see her in her sweatpants, you know? And it's just like, at the end of the day, I think it runs deep. I think yeah, that is, this is true. This is definitely a part of it. And it like can provoke a different type of response. But I think it is mm-hmm. in men from the ground up in the same way that it comes to us from the ground up in the way that we're conditioned. Slightly different topic. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think, because you have both been so instrumental and you have dedicated so much of your time towards like raising consciousness around female bodies and body positivity and, and true story, like so inspirational to me as someone who knows you now personally, but even prior to that, and I know you deal with it all the time that you have people reach out to you and say like that you've changed my life in this way. And this has had this positive impact. When we talk about something like we are today, does it feel like we need to be bringing the men along with us more? Do the men need to be a little bit more part of that raising of consciousness around body positivity you know, because what you guys are doing is having such a powerful effect. But if we're out there as these like amazing, confident women who have reconciled our own negative experiences or fat phobia or whatever it is, but we want to engage with men who haven't had that reckoning or haven't got that consciousness, it's not to say that that's not valuable but that sounds really frustrating, you know? I, I think, gosh, it's so hard for me because I see both sides of
1: it, of, of all of it. I do think that men need to be brought along too. And sometimes I do feel like that men need to be given a chance because I don't think that like, I don't think you're getting up, you're not approaching or you don't want to be approached by like the short fat guy. Let's be honest. So like, I mean, I think there's like some fat phobia that goes the other way too. Or like, there's this attraction that like, that's not fair to men too. like every guy under five or under six foot is like not counted for that's fucked up. Like you want to be respected and and counted for and you want to be approached, but you're counting at all these other people
2: too. Well, yeah. I mean, I make a conscious effort to not do that because I really value people's individualism and their humanity. And I have really challenged my own feelings around, what I'm willing to uphold for myself as values around body and then to not project them onto men. Right. That's amazing. But a lot of people don't do that. Totally. And so as, as groups of women who come together and congregate on the internet and create change, I think we, maybe that's a start point. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's a start point that we have to start calling out our own internalized fat phobia or misogyny. But what I'm getting at is on a larger scale, I kind of in line with you, like I was sitting down thinking about this topic and really empathizing with men. Like yeah. are there men's groups out? Cause they are missing out. Like they're missing yeah. out on great women. They were missing out on great levels of, um, you know, femininity and experience when the body type that they engage with on a surface level is so insular. And again, I'm generalizing that is not every man. I know that, Mm -hmm. but I, I guess I just feel like whenever I look at something, I want to look at both sides of the coin and I really understand what it's felt like to be a curvy woman experiencing this. But I was really trying to put my thinking hat on for the men and, you know, they grew up watching their mom take the diet pill or a squeeze into her jeans or yeah, having her sister 100% get rejected by the yeah. girl or mm-hmm. you know and so so it's not to say that in any sense they have been taught, no, any being differently affected by this right. in the same way like, you know so where's the resource for them though cuz are they, are there instagram right. groups of for men coming together to dismantle this stuff like i feel yeah. they're less
0: supported i mean i have a couple things to say on this i think too like i've thought about this before too i think like oh my gosh we've come so far as women we've come so far but it's like honestly i do think like we always say men are more immature like i think that's like scientifically proven i think more women are in therapy more women are mm-hmm. tend to kind of lean into the, like the self-help self-improvement thing so It's like, I'm like, I do think that men are a little bit behind on this. And it is, and two, I I can't sit here and have this conversation and say that, I have with my dating apps used to be set at six foot five. We joke, ha 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 funny, (laughs) but guess what? That's because I want to feel small. Mm -hmm. I want to feel delicate. I want to feel protected. I want to feel feminine because that is what I've been told my entire life is a woman. So that's what I'm searching for in a man. So like I am working through and I know I said I'm working through being able because it's not about the short guy. It's about me. Mm -hmm. It's not about him. It's about how, how being with him makes me feel. And when I'm with a man and I feel big and I feel, um, I, I feel like I'm not that feminine, small woman that I've been told to be my entire life. And that's hard for me. And I think that's something that I've, just even having this conversation right now is like working through it and having these and being open to that. And like, I know I joke that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that I joke, like I am being open-minded and like going on dates with guys who are, who are shorter than me and whatever. And you know what? Like I'm still, and again, I'm, there's no answers here, but it is still like difficult for me sometimes because of how it makes me feel again, nothing about them. So I think too, if guys have been told this is a desirable woman, this is a desirable woman. Do they have the same experience with dating a fat woman that I have going after a short guy? I don't know. Yeah. It's a valuable because question. it's so against what we've been taught is the desirable thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I ask one more thing? Yeah. Do you feel like
1: it's just attention from men. Like, or is it validation from women as well too? Like if you get validation from women and not from men, like that doesn't change the way you feel about your body, right?
0: Mm, oh, that's interesting.
2: But is it is I, it the same question of earlier about like, well, I don't typically go out with only curvy people. Like you not, don't typically but, enter into environments where you're not being acknowledged by women. So how would you know?
1: I think- Well, I feel like when you're out at a bar, right? Like- if a woman comes up to you and it's like, Oh my gosh, you're beautiful. Or, Oh my gosh, I love your outfit. That th- feels amazing.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I am like like saying the opposite but, of that. Like if oh you no. weren't getting that attention, but I yeah. think
0: being completely honest, I put more emphasis on male attention because that's what I desire. And, uh, in a, in a mm-hmm. And this goes into how much we put on, how much emphasis our society puts on romantic relationships. Right. And that could be a whole nother episode, but like I put more value on what a man thinks of me than a woman. Mm-hmm. And the thing is too, it is interesting for me. I've always been a girl's girl. I I joke about, about this. Like I feel like I get women, like put me in a group of women right now, fucking thriving with you guys. Like I'm like thriving, put me with men. You may as well be speaking Spanish. I'm speaking English. Like, mm-hmm. no, not even that. I speak Like, I'm like, I do not get them. And so I don't know for me if that's something where Did maybe have, I don't value, I, I just put more value on the male. Right. Cause maybe that's what I'm chasing right now. Did you have male friends growing up? And I think that's a reason why it's hard for me. One of my best friends in college was a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out he was calling me fat behind my back. Oh yeah. You told me that. That's and what, there's yeah. like, that's so it's fun. fucking hurts. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of my guy friends in high school love him to death. I became friends with them because they wanted to date my skinny friend. Yeah. <laughs> literally mm. they approached me to, to, to get to my friend and and it wasn't like, Oh, I insinuated that. Like, no, they just, like, like that. Like literally fact. they told me that. Yeah. So I think that's World why like, life. I have this weird, weird, like I don't, I'm this weird trust thing with, with guys. And it is also weird because I have so my dad, my grandpa, my uncles, like, incredible male influences in my life, mm-hmm. but I don't know. And that's why I'm going back to therapy and working through this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just cause I put more emphasis on it mm-hmm. than females. So I don't know that's vulnerable.
1: Yeah. I think that honestly, this is just something that we are going to have to continue to work on. Yeah. And that's it. And that's okay. And like, I think that and even if the
2: work is just validating, even yeah. if the work is just creating space and acknowledging and not trying to fix. Because I think the last thing we want to do to the women around us is, is gaslight their experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and then try and, and sometimes with the best of intentions, as we try and help and support and solve, we don't sit, we don't sit with that person and what it is that they're going through. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know when you opened up to me about this originally, I tried to my best, (laughs) because I know this is what works for me. I don't know for you so much, but like to not solution this for you, Like you needed to experience this and not in a way that you deserved it, but you needed to be able to have the experience of letting it out. And then what you do with that will be most powerful if it's something that comes from you. And Mm -hmm. I think for sure, I'm not going to try and say this isn't happening because it is happening.
0: And I think I've been so guilty of that if a friend comes to me, like you said, and, and says, "Oh, I'm feeling," that. no, don't say that. Like I do that all the time because we want to try and fix it. But I do think sometimes it's good just to like be there. Totally. you know, hold space mm-hmm. for them, which is other. hard because you want to like say something. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Dang, guys, mm-hmm. gals, gals.
1: You know, I. You know what I got from this <laughs> episode? What? One of the things is. How fucking angry I am at people! Or like how much I look down on people. <laughs>
0: yeah, Christina, you're like I'm like literally know.
1: sitting there being like, wow! Like I literally just said I look down on all these people. That is know, fucked up.
2: You have this like healthy. <laughs> That's fucked up. You have a healthy righteousness about you, and honestly, <laughs> I, as someone, don't know, I don't know. No, but it's a real who, Aries is, energy coming through. <laughs> no, but as someone who doesn't identify like that? It's like nice to see it. It's okay, I'm like, well, can I take you. a little bit of that and keep it because you're like healthy distant for anyone who could ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's powerful. And yeah, it's good to see. I'm
1: going
0: we're going to put that on a sweatshirt. Healthy to stay healthy to stay. <laughs> yeah. um, well, this is so woo woo. And this is like, well, as I will say about this course I'm doing basically before I can't get into it, but that the, you, they tell you to look for expanders in an area of where like you want to obtain something. So like, if you want to have like confidence in your body, if that's something that you're striving for, you need to find people which would be expanders that do have confidence in their body follow them on social media like we talk about that befriend them in real life whatever and so I'm like thinking I'm like oh my god like Christine you are like the perfect (laughs) expander to be like just so secure in that and being like it doesn't even cross your mind and it shows women that it is possible Yes, it's okay for for things to like shake in your confidence, but it is possible to stay confident and stay resilient through things. And you're not, you're human. It's not going to happen all the time. But like, I think that is such a good example that it is possible because sometimes I think we get down on ourselves and it almost seems impossible to get to a place. And so it's so important to surround yourself with people who have proven that it is possible.
2: Totally. But also that resilience can involve vulnerability. Resilience yeah. can involve periods of reconciling, periods of grief, periods mm-hmm. of reflection that you having a week of letting crying out the whole ocean and needing to be in this place. That is the springboard of resilience. That is yeah. the foundation of resilience. And that, you know, I said this to you yesterday, I was like, you are ascending. There mm. is a reason why this is causing something in you. There is a reason why this is really cut you deep because you're confronting it. And it doesn't surprise me because look at the space that you live your day-to-day life in, and that you operate in, it is centered around women's bodies. You, you, hear a lot, you metabolize a lot about even the women in the community that you guys drive and support. And so of course, you know, I wondered this as well, that part of why this might feel heavy for you, Ray, is that you feel it for yourself, but you feel it for every woman that reaches out to you and to Christina through the platform that you've created, you know, and you see this as an individual thing, but you I'm sure can realize it, it is widespread. So don't, don't, I guess I'm not trying to tell you what to feel, but I just hope that a part of you sees that this is a springboard
0: into resilience. Mm, I love that. Springboard into resilience. Rosie, you got away with words, mama. Mm. A springboard into healthy disdain. (laughs) Anyone
1: (laughs) who disagrees. (laughs) All right. Bye, bitches. We out. We'll see you next week. (laughs) And on that,
0: we out.